This podcast is about entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-care. My name is Lourdes, and I am the host of the show. Thank you for listening today. Hello, and welcome. Today I have Sunny Hancock as my guest, and Sunny is a medium and a teacher. She helps people and teaches people to hone their psychic or mediumship skills. She is also an author and creates journals. Her books can be found on Amazon.com and she goes by her pen name, Ember Rain. You can also find her journals by her pen name or her real name, Sunny Hancock. All right. And today, um, let's welcome Sunny. Sunny, welcome to my podcast. And how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm good. So you're an author. Tell me, what kind of books do you write? I actually began um, with paranormal fiction. So oh. it's more young adult. I My very first book, I put one, I would say, adult scene in the book. And it was so uncomfortable. And I never did it again. <laughs> so um. they're clean teen YA books. And I have four out currently with two coming out shortly. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, so they're young adult books and they're, are they all about like paranormal stuff? What's strange is this, I started writing right before my development journey and I didn't realize the correlation between my book writing and what I was writing about and what I would be stepping into. Um, my books are about angels. They're about, um, Pixies, fairies, I mean, just everything. I think every uh, brownies, I'm trying to think if there was another one. And demons, of course, they have to, they have, to have the uh, villain. But yeah, so I was writing about, like one is titled The Royally Divine. The term divine, I did not ever hear of until my mediumship journey. And I was like, oh, wow, I titled one of my books, The Royally Divine. And it's about angels and demons. That's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. About how many pages are your books? Oh, gosh. Um, once more of a novella. And then they roughly, I go by word count. So right around 67,000 words are is my two bigger ones. The smaller ones are between forty and 45,000. Wow. It's hard to do page counts because um, the sizing of the book is will change your page count. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your book, Royally Divine, that's a beautiful title. That's a beautiful title. Um, and you also mentioned that that book kind of came about with your development and mediumship. So tell me about that development and mediumship. Well, um, it's wild because I feel like those who, they don't just run into this path. Something happens, a catalyst, so to speak. And I lost my best friend. And, um, I was 33 and when she passed away, I just needed a distraction. And so I was like, I'm going to be an author. I just, I always wanted to write books since I was little. I'm very imaginative. And I used to tell people I was in the circus and a tightrope walker and all kinds of things. And they believed me. It was wild. <laughs> but I just decided that I was going to do it, um, with no knowledge of how hard it would be. Um, but I did do it. And it took me seven times over writing that first book. 
And uh, it just occurred to me after that, I ran into a tarot reader who gave me a reading and she said, you're going to aggressively step into mediumship and you have no idea the things you're about to do. And she was really accurate. (laughs) Wow. And that's in your thirties, right? That you start developing into mediumship. Did you have any other experience? Like, did you even know what a medium was or a psychic? I did. Um, Okay. Honestly, looking back, it should have been more clear. Um, A lot of mediums today, especially students that I have come in, I noticed that many have a a lot of childhood trauma. And the reason I'm finding my opinion is that we have this trauma and we go through it, we heal from it so that when we run into somebody going through that similar situation, that we're able to help them through it. So it's, it's like the catalyst, like my best friend passing all of a sudden I needed a distraction really bad. So I became an author and it it just worked just like that. Yeah. So it, and I got that reading and she couldn't have been more right. I don't even know how it all kind of played out was so fast, but I know I read over 28 books just on beginner mediumship. And then as I moved through and became more professional and stepped out into the professional scene, I was gravitated towards teaching people. So I'd be on live. Um, intention was to give readings um, and book a list, but I ended up just freely teaching a mass amount of people. Wow. <laughs> so then I, I put together a mentorship program and it just kind of all has grown from there. Wow. Well, first of all, sorry for your loss with your best friend. Um, so you also do journals. Can you tell me yeah. about that? What is that about? I, oh, gosh. Um, so I'm making a five set or five journal set. It's like a box set. Um, and it's called A Soul's Journey. And the first one I, I put out was Medium in the Making. And it's a development journal. And every page, it was 120 pages, um, has a tip of the day that I wrote myself. I didn't mm-hmm. take a quote from anyone. I, I individually went through and put my own tip of the day in. And then I'm going to say, oh, and then there's backdrops. I did this one in color with mm-hmm. um, colored photos in the backdrop of the pages. Um, they're all very ethereal looking. So I did my own formatting and all of that. So people were in mass putting out low content journals um, as a side hustle, so to speak. And I wanted a passive income, but I didn't, I'm not into cheap or replacing um, quality with quantity. So I did my own thing and I did put this one out first and then I did a gratitude journal. Um, And that one was in black and white interior, but same, same concept, the photos in the backdrop. Um, And the one I'm currently in the works um, working on with a team is a dream journal. Um, and this one's going to be huge because it's going to be 365 pages of featured photos from people from all around the world um, of their loved ones, their pets, favorite places, anything that's meaningful to them. We took submissions and we are formatting them within the book. It's half book, half journal. So the other part of it is dream interpretations, like common dream interpretation section. Mm-hmm. That'll be the second half of that journal book so it's like a hybrid journal and then two reading record journals so there's the mediumship development journal there's the psychic development journal 
there's the mediumship reading record journal, psychic reading record journal, and dream journal. What's a psychic reading journal? (laughs) So if you were to do, say, a tarot reading for somebody, Mm -hmm. um, and you are developing just your psychic clairs and working within just the psychic realm, you would have a psychic journal separate from your mediumship development journal, separate from your mediumship reading journal, because they're all separate things. Mm -hmm. They're not all one in the same. Mm -hmm. So it helps to look back and see where you started and look at where you are current. So that helps you with confidence. It helps you continue to propel forward when you hit those challenging moments in the journey, which we all do. So I'm just hoping that I, it's a success because I'm working really hard. The dream journal is like my baby. That thing is um, the biggest thing I'm working on currently. Okay. And are they physical books or are they digital books or both? Oh, yes. Um, the dream journal is going to, all the journals are physical books only because you oh. can't really make a journal into an ebook. I suppose you could, yeah. but then they'd have to type on what I'd be strange. I don't know if I'd know how to do that exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I do know that I learned how to cover design myself <laughs> and I taught myself how to format and I, everything I did with my books. I started out having to ask um, authors because I had a book blog for years prior to that where I supported independent authors and promoted their stuff, grew a huge blog. Mm -hmm. And then, so these authors that I had helped so much, just just because I love reading and I think literature is important, turned around and helped me when I was writing my first book. Um, I believe V. Kelly, she writes rom-com. She did my first book formatting for free. Wow. Um, I paid a professional editor, of course, um, because we can't look at our own work with a critical eye. Yep. Um, It was a lot more work than I anticipated it being, but I wouldn't take it back. I did it four times. So, (laughs) I mean, I keep redoing and, you know, keep writing more books. So I must like it. Apparently. (laughs) I don't know where you find time for all this. My gosh, that seems like it takes up a lot of time to write, um, you know, write stuff and then coming up with the images to go with certain pages. That just seems like a lot of time. How do you do that? That is a curiosity of itself because <laughs> I have four kids. Oh, so my gosh. I also, um, <laughs> yeah, I do a lot. I have a special needs son who is my youngest. And then. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a challenge. So I'm often called to the school and things like that. So working from home had to be my, my thing. Yeah. I did have a side job, a, a part-time job up until about a month back. Mm. Um, so I was actually, um, working at campground for the last four years on top of all of the listed things I just told you. <laughs> wow. So it just, I don't know where the time comes from, but I squeeze it in here and there. Um, yeah. I would say when I get up in the morning, I bring the kids to school. The first two hours is dedicated to my writing work, whatever mm-hmm. that may be. Wow. You seem very organized that way and dedicated for sure. So, all right. So you've written about four books. You told me about your journals. So how did you start reading with spirit? How did you start becoming and developing that? Did you take classes? And then I think you mentioned it was in your 30s when you had a tarot it, reader, yeah, my right? early 30s. It's been about seven years since I started. Okay. Um, so I was like, 
but I was having experiences as a child too. So it's hard to say because looking back, I could connect the dots. Um, like I said, and I get off topic cause I do, I'm diagnosed ADHD. So sometimes I jump around. Um, but when I was younger, I really, um, you asked about, was I interested in mediumship? Oh my gosh. My mom was obsessed with John Edwards. So <laughs> cool. of course we watched that, his show yeah. on the television. And I also had many experiences, um, one in particular when I was seven that actually shut me off for a long time. Mm. Um, I had looked out the window at my grandmother's house and I saw, and I hate to even say this because I, I work from a very practical perspective, mm-hmm. but this was a, a full apparition of a woman with long hair and she was electric blue her whole body. And she turned her head and looked at me like very sharply. And I never forget it. It was like yesterday. And I ducked like down beneath the window. And then I looked back up, she was gone. And I do recall it was a full moon that night and the stars were so pretty. And I used to lay on the road and watch the stars. So I was looking at the stars when I saw her walking through the field. It was so wild. Was she scary looking? Was she big or small? No. She was like, she looked like your average size, maybe five foot seven woman with long wavy hair. I could see like she was wearing a very long skirt that went all the way to her ankles. And I didn't get a good look at her face because it was like she turned and sharply looked at me, which scared me. Mm-hmm. So that's when I ducked and I didn't get to see her a second time. So it was like, oh my gosh. And lately I've bumped into a couple of videos where people are talking about um, interacting with the blue beings. And I'm like, the what? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so at that, I, I kind of think about that. Like, I wonder, yeah. was that what that was? But what was that? It was odd because there were several things that, that would happen. Um, realize why I was very empathic. Um, and I'm, I'm a Zodiac cancer, so I'm a rising Scorpio. I expect me to be hypervigilant on emotional energy, but um sometimes it actually stems from that childhood trauma where you're hyper aware of other people mm-hmm. and the way they move the way they their tone changes anything i can smell a lie it's really insane how sharp your senses get as you develop um from now to when i started it's like night and day hmm. i could have never imagined i'd have the connection that i that i have now I couldn't have. I just couldn't have imagined it. It was it was literally magical. <laughs> okay. So in your 30s, okay, you had that experience when you were a child, but in your yes. 30s, um you start to do to start doing readings <laughs> to other people. How did you know to start reading for people? Did you get training? Did somebody encourage you like, "Hey, go out and start reading people?" Okay. So I had that reading from Psychic Jen 33. Um, I'll never forget her because I recorded it. She told me I was going to step into mediumship. The very next thing I did was um, research, a lot of research. Mm -hmm. And I read a bunch of books Mm -hmm. and I started going live on TikToks. And for a year straight, I wanted to train myself in how to read tarot and do divination. So I would get free readings every day. Mm -hmm almost seven days a week for a year. Wow. And, and I trained myself to intuitively read the cards and not just go by the, the 
book meanings of them. Right. So it was reading the energy, not the cards. <laughs> a tarot and card, I, like really, like just regular tarot cards with the cups and swords and all that? Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. I have oracle cards now, too. I have, I think, 22 decks or so. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I really evolved in that, in the psychic area. But here's where the mediumship stepped into play. I was mid-reading, and I think I was only about two months into this year-long training that I did. Wow. And I started hearing spirit very clearly, uh, answering questions that my sitters were having, um, psychic wow. questions. It was very odd. Very um, odd. I remember the gentleman that I was reading for when I first had my very first experience, um, and he was speaking about how he was staying with his daughter and his husband back home was angry and wanted him to come home, but he felt wrong leaving his daughter. And I heard in my head, tell him, go back, go back go back, go back. And it just kept repeating. So I was like, I have to tell you what I'm hearing. That's what I told him. And so that got me curious. And then one day I was watching um, wrestling on it. Honestly, it was strange. We were watching Friday night Smackdown. It was a replay or recorded thing DVR. Mm -hmm. And when you get in that state where you're not really paying attention to what you're watching on the television, you kind of slip into the alpha brain state and that's, I teach a lot about that, but you go into alpha state and I very clearly heard the name Claire. And mm-hmm. I thought, what the heck was that? I don't even know anybody named Claire. Mm-hmm. So I took out a notebook and I, I started writing down the words that were coming in. And I heard Claire 49 um, healer trust is earned, not given. And and then I saw an image of who Claire was and she had shoulder length hair and she had glasses. And what was bizarre about this, this incident was came out of nowhere and I didn't even know what I was writing down. Um, so I set that notebook down. I, I could feel it when it was ended. It was, it was so natural. I set it down. I walked back over to the bed cause I'd walked to the desk to write that down and my phone rang and I was like, Oh, that's weird. So I answered it and it was my friend Doreen. And she actually wanted me to pull a few cards for her um, to see if her boyfriend was going to break up with her. It was, it was, it sounds so shallow when I repeat it back, but <laughs> this moment would be a pivotal moment for me mm-hmm. because um, I, I was like, why would you ask that? And she said, because he said he didn't think it'd be a good idea for me to come over today. And we live together an hour from where she works and used wow. to live, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. So I start pulling cards and I I get this third party energy. Like, so I very hesitantly asked her, is it a possibility that a third party could be involved? Like an ex-wife, ex-girlfriend. And I don't know anything about this man she's dating or their relationship, anything, nothing. And he, she goes, yes, ex-wife Claire. Hmm. I about died. And so I said, hold on. I said, let me get my notebook. I just channeled something and I need to tell you and see if any of this fits. So I, I go through each piece one by one. And sure enough, I'm like, is she 49? Yeah, she'll be 50 next month. Oh my gosh. Um, I was like, um, does she have shoulder length, wavy hair with glasses? Yes. I said, healer. Is she a CNA nurse, doctor? She's been a CNA for 25 years. And it was bizarre because when she got to her boyfriend's house, guess who was there? Claire? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And so the very last piece, which was trust is earned, not given, is something mm-hmm. that Claire said before she stomped out of the house. 
So I sent her a picture of my notebook paper because I was so blown away. I was in utter shock because I thought, oh my gosh, my husband thinks I'm crazy. He thinks I've lost my dang mind because <laughs> I'm here hearing names and writing stuff down. And um, he's a, he was very skeptical. And then he let me give him a reading one day and he never questioned me again. Yeah. He won't let me read him again, but he he never questioned it again. <laughs> he's not a skeptic anymore. Oh my gosh, Sonny, what a bizarre start and bizarre story. Oh well, and then I got my mentor from there. I start. I joined development circles because mm-hmm. I, you know, got advice from a fellow friend of mine that was doing um, professional platform mediumship at the time. And she said, "What you really need to do, go to Facebook, find the groups, the practice groups, and practice doing psychometry, photo reading, anything that you can do to practice." And you also need to do sitting in the power guide of meditation because I have ADHD, mm-hmm. and so just doing sitting in the power without that guided part would be mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah. So then I met my mentor, uh, Maria Chats. She's from Canada. She actually trained under Michael Mayo. So oh. I knew that my training was going to be amazing. <laughs> and it yeah. was. Um, so we met weekly and we sat in the power together. And then we did five minutes of attunement. And then we would have sitters come in and we would just give the most beautiful readings I've ever done or seen done. And it was just bizarre because it was like I was an observer of myself watching this playback now as a memory. Like, wow, I really did extraordinary things with and no idea why I ended up in mediumship. How did I end up there? Like the goal was never, this is in my 10-year plan. It just really I ran right into it. Wow. All right. So my next question is, do you do one-on-one readings or gallery readings? And if you do both, which one do you prefer? I do both. Um, I don't know if I have a preference. Oh, that one's hard. So if I'm in a, a circle and we get put in a breakout room and we have four people in there, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That is my non-preferred. A gallery style, mediumship only, or a one-on-one, both are great. I believe in person, the energy is a little more personal and I can get deeper, mm-hmm. um, even over over online, just as long as it's just me and one or two other people, mm-hmm. the energy is easier to, to discern. It gets a little complicated when you get more people. That's why I started using direct and I've done it ever since. Then I started teaching direct because I realized there was a need for people to understand that 99% of mediums that work in the professional field do direct readings. Oh, Um, Majority of them go direct. There's a big controversy over whether you should be allowed to do so. Um, But it's absolutely okay. You're not asking the person for personal information. I don't ask for a name unless it's a friend or uh, I think that's really my only one. I'd have to ask the first name of the okay. friend so can because you, you could get multiple friends coming through if you just say friend when you ask your guide to bring them forward. So what do you mean by direct? Do you mean like one-on-one? No, no, no. So dial up mediumship or me, uh, they call it on demand. They have all these terms. It is, me asking my sitter if they can give me 
the relation to the person they would like to try to connect to. Now, I don't guarantee that because it's never 100% guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have control over who comes through, but I somewhat can ask for them. So I'll ask my gatekeeper to please get that person's, say, uncle and ask them to come forward. And then I will plug in and everything that comes in, I'll, I'll one by one go through the validating process. And if it fits the uncle, cleanly, then we've gone direct. So basically it saves me a heck of a lot of time. I spent 45 minutes one day in a live trying to find which one of four people that were resonating with so much information for the same male spirit. And I finally just threw my hands up in the air and I was like, please just give me one thing that makes sets you apart so I can find the sitter. Mm -hmm. And this man says buried in a casket no cremation. So I was like, okay, this belongs to whoever's father was open casket funeral and laid to rest in the casket. No cremation. There was only one of those four people that, that their father had an open casket and was laid to rest. And they could, the most specific evidence was being taken by four people. So that's where they, they catalog the term postcards, a lot of spiritual energy, because we're all connected will align with similar traded energies. So they'll slip messages into their loved ones, even if it's not specifically them connecting to their person. Mm-hmm. So it can get pretty complicated and hard to explain, but they'll slip in little messages by aligning the same information. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find that one distinguishing difference. So going direct saves you all of that trouble. Yeah. Oh, my. And, and it's an optional thing for, for my clients that come in on a private session one-on-one. I ask them if they have a person in mind, I prefer to go direct. It does save me a lot of time because all your loved ones always want to communicate with you. Always. Even like the postman that passed away 20 years ago might want to communicate to you. So it can get really, really hard and hurt the confidence of a developing medium to have those things happen during yeah. development. So yeah. that's my main reasoning for teaching direct is to give my mediums the best chance at making it through the development process and not giving up. All right. So I, I assume then, or should I not assume with your teachings, are they all direct? Um, No, I do spirit led as well, just because there are some people that just prefer it. They're only comfortable working that way. And I want everyone to be their self. I don't want everyone thinking that my way is the only way. I don't teach like that. I teach on an evil level, even level playing field. I don't want a hierarchy, even within my teaching. So mm. the first class, when I meet with them, the very first things we talk about is we're all equals. I am no better than you just because I'm the teacher. I'm just here to teach you what I had to learn myself because I was once the student too. Mm-hmm. So I, I first put everybody on an equal playing field and it it really helps the energy. People aren't so nervous to read um, in front of me or, you know, it just, it's, it helps them in a different way. And oddly enough, most of the things I teach, I hit, you know, I have my curriculum, but I mostly intuitively teach and I do spend individual time with each student, every class. So that's where the term hybrid was born for my beginner's course. 
because I was doing mentorship, but it was so time consuming having 12 students, two sessions a week, trying to schedule all those sessions was a lot. So doing a group class was obviously more realistic, but again, I didn't want to exchange quality over quantity. So I developed a hybrid and that's where you, you get the mentorship and the group classes as a, a all in one. Hmm. Okay. So what is your favorite part or what part of your teaching do you enjoy the most? Oh my gosh. That's an easy answer um, <laughs> is watching them graduate and, mm. and go out there and be either live or doing a reading where I'm watching it recording back, whatever the case may be watching them really give a very beautiful evidential reading to a sitter and have started at ground zero. I have so many that I, I'm just stunned by. And it's it's very rewarding for me to watch them excel. So that's my favorite part. And have you Being ever had growth. any yeah. yeah. Uh have you ever had any skeptics that come to you? I'm I mean, I'm thinking, why would a skeptic go to a medium, but you just never know? So have you ever had a skeptic come to you for a reading? Uh, yes. Actually, and it, it was wild. The experience was kind of interesting because at the time I was just starting, I was, um, I had my mentor, but I was practicing. So I wasn't charging any money. I was on a live and I was doing message from heaven divination readings. That's with cards. So tarot and mediums are not the same, um, but they can blend for me because the clear audience comes in. And then if I invite them to come closer, et cetera. But this happened out of the blue. This girl sent me a payment, actually, a donation or whatever they were calling it that day because I didn't ask for money. But she sent for this message from heaven divination reading. And the very first thing I heard was mom and I felt mom. And then I felt so guilty. All of a sudden, this overwhelming guilt just rushed through me. And I tried to interpret that correctly for her, but I did it wrong. So I said, I is your mom, can I, uh, would you be able to understand mom being in spirit was the first thing. And she said, yes. And then I said, she's bringing me this really immense amount of guilt. Would you be able to understand this? And this girl lost her ever loving mind because she was totally skeptic coming in. She did not think I was the real deal at all. I want my money back. If anybody should feel guilty, it should be her. She was awful. And so guilt was coming from mom as like an apology because she was very guilty. She was a horrible mother. Um, But I need, I I should have leaned into that because I was so, I was just beginning. I didn't know. Um, I could, I sent her her money back, but I was just so floored by that. Like why she freaked out. She was like, if person could yell via live comments, I was being yelled at. Oh. And it, she was validating what I said <laughs> was true. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. So it was just a weird experience. And I remember my mod saying, don't you dare send that money back to her. <laughs> I was like, but that's the right thing to do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, I always, you know, I do the right thing. Um, and I think a lot on each situation I encounter. And that's what mediumship has taught me is to be slow down a little and be present. Um, meditation is great for your health too, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And teaching, teaching, I didn't expect to do. I don't know how I ended up doing it, but I thrive on learning. I read so many books <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, teaching just came very naturally to me. Wow. So I ended up 
trying out a mentorship program and my first student was doing evidential platform by eight weeks in. Wow. That's great. So now it was insane. I have, yeah, I didn't think it was possible, <laughs> but it is eight weeks. It only took eight weeks. Wow. Yes. So, um, another question, have you ever not connected to spirit during a reading because maybe you had a bad day or were feeling anxious. Do you ever have a bad day like that where you just oh, can't connect? Yes. What do you do? Yes. So one day I had a planned live and I meditated and everything. I did kind of feel like like off. I don't mm-hmm. I, it's hard to describe the feeling, but as I, I sat at my desk to go live, I very clearly was told no by my mm. guides. Like, uh-uh. I don't know why to this day that that I wasn't allowed, but I very quickly got back up and and went and rested because I had been reading every single day. And I think I was just, you know, stretching myself too thin. Mm -hmm. Um, That was recognized. So you will be benched. (laughs) I call it being benched because everything that expands has to contract. So when you go through these, there's, I call it phase two. There's three phases of mediumship development. And phase two is the hardest because they call it the regression, but you're not really regressing. What's happening is you're contracting. Everything's expanding. You're having all these great readings. And then all of a sudden you feel like it's gone. And, but it's not. What it is, is you got a lot of help from your guides to give you the confidence enough to step out there. And the minute that you fully realize, yes, I can do this. They, they let go of your hand for you to walk on your own. And then that, that starts showing up differently in the readings and you, it, it's nerve wracking and it's a jolt if you don't expect it and don't see it coming. So I teach people very thoroughly about these phases and you'll repeat these cycles, but they won't be as bad as the first time ever again. (laughs) Hmm. Um, But that contracted phase is integration where you integrate all of the things you have learned so far and take some time to be human. That's what we're here to do. Connect with other people. Maybe um, you're supposed to bump into somebody and help them in some way somehow we connect and we touch other people's lives in ways we don't even see with our own perception each day. So it's, it was just, it's just important to take those moments. And if you don't take them, they'll force you to. So. Mm. Okay. That leads me to this question, which is so sunny. So since you're so busy, you write, you teach, you do readings. Tell me, how do you get relaxed or de-stressed? Do you meditate, go out with family, have a glass of wine? What do you do to relax and de-stress? Well, me and alcohol aren't friends. I don't drink. So um, <laughs> drinking, actually, it, that's a whole nother subject because they call it spirits for a reason. But it leaves you very vulnerable when you are an open person. But that's it. That's I digress. That's another subject. Um <laughs> relax mostly for me is you know just spending time with my kids and doing normal things like baking cookies or um reading i'll I'll actually do all my cleaning and enjoy it because i'll have my books playing on on my audio Mm -hmm. the whole time so i'm actually reading and cleaning at the same time nice i like that that's how i kind of unplug from everything else. And I really learned this important concept about staying out of past fear and future worry and being present and trying to actively do that every moment of the day. If you can, it's hard because we wake up each morning and the first thing we do is start worrying about our to-do list. Instead of doing that before you get out of bed, 
I, I invented this. I didn't invent this concept. I started doing this concept that actually Joe Dispenza, I believe, talks about this. And I'm not a huge fan of his, but I do like some of his work. But <laughs> for, for 30 seconds, I envisioned what I want my day to look like instead yeah. of worrying about all those things that I need to get done that day. So it, it you change the energy from uh, worrying about it to anticipating it and being excited about it. That's a great tip. It makes a big difference. Yeah, that's a really good tip, Sunny. So good. All right. So what are you working on now again? Can you tell us what it is you're working on? Again? Okay. Current, well, I, I'm teaching both intermediate and beginner courses, and I'm also working on a five box. Or, I don't even know how to say that right. It's a box set of journals. And okay. the dream journal is my biggest project at the moment. It's going to be featuring loved ones, pets. Um, favorite meaningful places um, that people from all around the world have submitted to me and my team. And we're integrating those photos into the backdrop of the journal pages. And we're also including um, the second part of the book, the back end of it is going to be dream interpretations. So um, a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this and it's good for just the everyday person likes to write down their dreams in the morning. If they have a journal next to their bed, they want worry so much about, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon, trying to relay what they dreamt about the night before, but they forgot now. So it, it it's all in one kind of an exciting project that we're doing there. And then just doing the reading records. Those ones are just low content journals that are, are just for record keeping, um, just to show your progress and be able to look back at it and really enjoy it, pass it on to your, your kids and their kids and so on. When do you anticipate that the dream journal or the back set comes out? Um, I am looking at at least March 1st is my latest deadline for the release. And we're hoping for February 1st. Awesome. So I gave myself a month leeway because I'll set a date. I'm chronically late for everything. Mm -hmm. I, I always, and because I said that I'm, you know, reinforcing it of course yeah my law of attraction <laughs> reasons I'm exactly like, I gotta stop that yeah <laughs> but that's it I mean that's what um so I I gave myself two release dates options you know just in case something comes up or I get busy with my students because they do take precedence over anything that I'm working on on the side cool so all right so on every one of my podcasts I have a secret question and it is at time for the secret question are you ready Oh, yeah. All right. So where would you like to time travel back to the past or to the future? And why? I would go to the past. Ooh, why? I would go to change how I reacted to certain situations or treated others in certain instances. Um, my dad would be mainly the reason. Mm -hmm. um, my dad is gone. Um, I lost him shortly after my best friend. Actually, not shortly. It was a long time after her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like that's, that doesn't make that's a lie. Like, he died of COVID. Um, oh, so, no. Sorry. Yeah. Actually, I think it was the remdesivir they gave him um, against my wishes that he passed from because he had, had just had triple bypass. But um, he really did a lot for me growing up. He was my stepdad and my biological father. I don't know. I never met Mm -hmm. uh, you know, have no contact. So I now can look back and recognize all the stability he gave me and support and all those moments of teaching that I took for granted. 
And I used to spend all this time loathing him for favoritism with my brother Mm -hmm. and picking out all of his flaws and all of his faults and every little thing that he ever said wrong to me. But now I look back and I'm ashamed of that because I'm like, this man was the only reason that I got straight A's in high school, that I showed up to school, that I cared about going. Um, He taught me the importance of education and that you're not there for your teacher's happiness. You're there for your future. So if you don't like the teacher, it doesn't matter. You still have to listen because in the end, the only person your education is going to benefit is you. So he taught me so many fundamental things that I took for granted. And that's why I'd go back. Wow. So uninsult my dad (laughs) over and over again. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Great answer. Wow. Um, So then finally, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, gosh. Easily. Um, The easiest way is Messenger. I hate email. I'm terrible with it. I never check it. And I always, (laughs) you know, it'll be a thought throughout the day and I'll have a good intention to check it and never get there. Not never, but very rarely. So Messenger on Facebook, honestly, has been the easiest way. Um, I do have my platform on TikTok is a little almost to 9,000 followers. Wow. Um, so in that link tree has all my social medias, my Instagram, my Facebook, um, my email. Oh, what is your link tree? I have open booking for private readings. People have used that to book with me, private reading style. Um, so it, it's pretty generally really easy to get a hold of me. If you can find my Facebook link, you're in. <laughs> TikTok, okay, what is that? Um, the messages are hard on there. And what is your Facebook link? Oh, the or, link? Yeah, it's, or it's to just find Sunny you. with an I, Hancock. Okay. But it's the sunny one with the, the brunette hair with the side braid. Okay. And that, I, that's a strange way of explaining it. Um, <laughs> a Soul's Journey um, is on TikTok. Okay. It's Sunny, the mindful medium. And that they, the scammers are out in droves. They have so many duplicates of my accounts. It's hard to like give mm. out the information. They even put my cash app in their bio. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> but um, that that's an easy way for people to reach me. And it's not via the messages. It's commenting on one of my videos okay. because then I get a notification for that, but I don't get a notice for a message. I don't know yeah. why. Huh. Interesting. All right. Well, Sunny, this has been such a pleasure and I've learned so much more about you. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm this is this was fun. I love answering questions. I'm super chatty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and please share this episode with your friends. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. And as always, the show notes will be available at 8thLevelPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.